It's a matter of opinion. As we get into the Word of God, we're going into the book of Job, chapter 1, verse number 8. Opinions are very a part of our lives as Americans, as individuals. You have the Supreme Court that writes a dissenting opinion as to whatever the decision is. You will go to the doctor's office and get that second opinion for whatever is going on within your life. I have an opinion today. I had someone in the church here come up to me and say, I want your opinion on this. I know you're not going to lie to me. Anyway, I didn't, uh, I didn't push it any further than that. I said, okay, this is what I think. And I wasn't going to say it, but I am. I'll say this to you. If my opinion sometimes is a little heavy, let me know, and I can always back down a little bit. And I'm opinionated, I, and you can ask my wife anytime. But you that are looking back at me this morning, you need to understand also you have an opinion. And I hear Rick as he is uh, presenting the challenge for us to vote. You're going to hear, particularly in the state of Pennsylvania, so much of an opinion coming from Hillary and coming from Trump and anybody else that wants to throw a piece of meat in the pot. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just that way. So there's all kinds of opinions, but let me just say this to you. The Lord made it very real to me that in the book of Job, There are opinions flying in all different directions, and I want to break those down for you this morning. There are four opinions that I want to focus on. First, it's God's opinion. There is that ungodly opinion that want to be opinion givers. Have you ever met anybody like that that is a want-to-be opinion giver? They think they have all the answers. You've never met anybody. And the other one is Job's opinion, or it is also my hope and my desire that it will also be your opinion that you share. In Job chapter 1, verse number 8, and then chapter 2, verse number 3, I want us to look there this morning in verse number 8. It says, Then the Lord said to Satan, and I will say to you, for the sake of time and for the length of the message this morning, I'm not going to go into a lot of background on the life of Job. I think many of us know who Job is. If not, I will talk to you at the end of the service. Now, verse number 8, Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? One of the things that I want to lay out before you and I, and I think it's so important in our day-to-day life, is God considers you. Sometimes, I know there was a a comedian, Rodney Dangerfield, that says, I don't get no respect. There's nobody cares about me. Well, the fact of the matter is, when I began to put this message together, as God began to speak into my heart, he said, you let them know that I consider them, that I'm not overlooking them. If I will watch the very sparrow fall to the ground and die, how much more am I considering my people? And you need to wrap yourself around that and hold on for dear life because I believe that is the essence of your survival. But one of the things in maintaining God's opinion is this. You and I need to have the very same traits that God depicts into the life of Job. Very clear, you could even hang them on your refrigerator and look at them every day of your life. But the fact of the matter, he says, this man is blameless. You and I need to be in such a place where 
like they said of Ronald Reagan, he was a Teflon man. Everything never stuck to him. It just kind of slid off. You need to be in a position to where everything slides off of you. You're blameless. That nothing sticks to you as an individual. We make that our utmost goal. We also need to be upright or righteous. Now let me just tell you this. This can only come as we are upright, as we begin to interact and begin to find the very nature and the characteristics of Almighty God. Because there is none of us. As Paul said, my righteousness is as filthy rags. But as I'm upright with God, as as He infuses within my life these things, I begin to find myself there. Job was a man who fears God. I feel that sometimes we do and act on things that, I don't know, I just, I wonder sometimes, do we really have the fear of God in our hearts? We're more fearful of this or that or the other. But our, our number one should be, I'm fearful of God. I'm doing what I'm doing, acting the way I am, because I'm fearful of the God that I serve. The man shuns evil. He walks away from it. He doesn't want to be a part of it. The other thing in chapter 2, verse number 3, he comes back again when Satan comes back for the second round and he says to him, have you considered my servant? And then he says that he is also a man that has integrity, somebody that holds to his integrity. I was reading the uh, Living Bible and the Living Bible says it like this, he would not compromise or let himself become part of that. He held to his integrity. And that made up what God viewed in, he didn't, you know, it wasn't a matter, did you see how much money Job's got? Did you see all of his possessions, this, that, and the other? God said, these, this is the criteria. This is how I measure a man and say, have you considered him? And I believe that all of these things, we are more than able to come into that place and say, yes, God, I will do this to the best of my ability. Number 2 in verse number 10 of chapter 1, the Word of God says, Have you not made, and this is the devil speaking, and this is that ungodly opinion, have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, around all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands, and his possessions have increased in the land. A hedge is that protection that... Now, I believe, I'll just go straight up with you and tell you, if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus Christ on you and I as believers, we would be in bad shape. We have protection around us. We are protected by his covering. Let me go on, and I'm going to try to be quicker, in his possessions. It isn't so much his possessions, because I can stand here, and I've been kind of watching this thing with uh, John Benet Ramsey, and here's a family wealthy, well-off, and still they got problems. You got Whitney Houston that used to sing like an angel, died of an overdose of drugs, her life wasted. She had anything imaginable to her, so it's not possessions that makes anything to do with anything. I want to clarify that. But this ungodly opinion... There are people around us that are more than willing to bless the blessings of God that is upon your life. They have you for target practice. They're willing to take you out behind the woodshed and just let you have it in every which direction. And the whole time, they're the devil's mouthpiece. We are also going to look at that group of people that are the want-to-be opinion givers. I love them. 
I've been in churches, business meetings. There was a lot of wannabes. But did they have God's opinion? But in Job 42, 7, I'll tell you straight up, it isn't my opinion, it isn't yours. It's what God says at the end. What's got me more than anything else, I want to finish this thing, and I want to be able to be able to look God in the eye and say, God, I did the best I could. But in Job 42, 7, and so it was after the Lord had spoken the words to Job, the Lord said to Elipaz, the Timamite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends. And notice what he says there. For you have not spoken of me what is right, and my servant Job has. Yeah, those wannabe opinions, they're out there. I'll give you my opinion, but those opinions don't fly in the realm of the supernatural. And you and I as believers need to not let, as Paul said in his gospel, he says, but none of these things are moving me. They're not going to shake me. I will tell you this, if you've not met up with some of these wannabes, you're in for the time of your life when you do. Because they feel they're right and the whole world is wrong. You can't tell them, that's my opinion. You and I as individuals need to ask ourselves, am I going to let this impact my life to where it brings me down? Or am I going to stay on course with God? The last one that I want to share with you today is our opinion or Job's opinion. I'd like for you to go with me into the Word of God in Job chapter 23, and it's verse number 10. I'm going to turn there so I can reference to it the whole way through. Job's opinion, it should be my opinion. It's my story, and I'm sticking to it, like that old country and western song used to say. This is... Or another one in the church says, this is my story, this is my song, praise you, my Savior, all day long. This should be what I'm about to unfold and unwrap before us today should be the opinion of every God-fearing believer in the house of God. It's in verse number 10. We're also going to be looking at verses 13 and 14. Word of God says there in that verse, chapter 23, it says, verse 10, but he knows, and I'm stopping right there, wherever you are, whatever life has dealt you, if I can't get a hold of these words, but he knows, and make that my opinion, that I'm going to be like a leaf floating on a stream that will never take and find its anchor. You need to know here that he knows. There are instances, and I don't have to tell you, there is stuff going on in our lives as individuals that sometimes will rattle our eye teeth and bring us to almost a point of our knees to the point of knocking us out. And the only thing that you hold to is to know. He knows. He knows. I don't know if your back's against the wall today or not, but I will tell you this right now. Get somewhere where you can run and, and be by yourself, whether it's in the men's bathroom or wherever, and say to yourself, and if you've got a scream, he knows. 
when all hell is coming against you and you say, I've got to give up. No, he knows. He knows. You're going to hear those ungodly opinions. You're going to hear those people around you that want to be opinion makers. And oh, they've got them coming right and left. And you've got to come to the center of your life and look towards heaven, the author, the finisher of your faith, and say, Almighty God, I know you know. He knows. He knows. He knows exactly where you are. Job held to that when everything else and the wheels come off his bus family going except for a wife that was, I didn't even bring her up and I won't, won't even go there. Let's just say she's a survivor. But you'll have people that will cross paths with you in all different directions and have all kinds of opinions. And brother, if you don't have this deep in your gut, down deep in your soul to where you can say in your heart, he knows. Devil, I may not know, but I know there's a God that does. These people that are running their big mouths, they don't know, but God does. That's just the first part. He knows my way. The old saying goes, don't know where I'm going, but I'm making good time. You feel like that today? Do you believe that one more Sunday and we're out of September? We're making good time. We don't know where we're going, but we're making good time fact of the matter is, as I stand before you, he knows the way I take. I can't see it. I can't see the way. It's dark. I know I've been through places like that in my life. The only thing I had to hold to was that he knows. To know that he knows the way I'm going is not taken by surprise. He's not in a state of confusion. He's not setting up in heaven biting his fingernails. What's that guy going to do next? Because God already knows your way. He knows the way that you take. Your wife may not know the way you take. Your husband may not know the way you take. You're standing absolutely on your own. And you stand there and you say, but God, you know the way I go. That's got to be your opinion, friend. That's got to be your opinion. It's got to be that which shuts everything else down and says deep within the recesses of your soul, he knows the way I take. And in all of that, that's what I hold to. That's got to be your opinion. If not, the devil's going to have you for lunch, dinner, and supper. And the Word of God goes on to say, and when he has tested me, he says, I shall come forth as gold. We need to have the opinion, hear me clearly, that God gives perfect and purposeful filled tests in our lives. There are no trick questions in God's plan. He gives perfect, purposeful tests in our lives. That's got to be your opinion. You cannot deviate, swerve away from that. If you do not believe that whatever that test may be, that God's playing games, God does not play games with you. God knows the way you take, 
And he is testing. The test when it comes forth is not a thing to see you squirm and dance. It isn't like on the Old West where the guys would take their guns and shoot at the feet of the guys and they'd all dance around. God isn't setting up in heaven shooting lightning bolts to see how quick you are. But for every test that comes, it has a purpose and it has a perfection that is made up in it. You may not need this right now, but it's like a parachute. You want it when you're jumping out of the airplane. I'm flying high, Pastor. Well, if the engine happens to stop on you, this is your parachute. Grab the ripcord and come to a safe landing, and you will through this if that maintains to be your opinion. Old Job says, and this was his opinion, he says, And I shall come forth as gold. I was sitting at the table writing this, and it really hit me right slam between the eyes. I will come out of this, and I will win the gold, not the bronze. I will come out of this. But I'm going to win the gold. Like, what's that guy that was the swimmer had, what, 20-some? Michael Phelps. He gave them to other people so they could do a pose of all this. I don't know who it was, but he had a bunch of other people standing around holding his gold medals. I don't know what your opinion is, and you've got to have that opinion. I'm coming out of this thing, and I'm going to win the gold. I'm not settling for the bronze. Now, does the devil like this kind of preaching? Absolutely not. Makes him mad. He don't want you to come into that place of having a dimension in your life that says, look, I realize that when I come through this thing, I'm going to be a gold medalist. I'm going to be a winner here. I'm going to be top of the game. My God's going to be proud of me that I didn't turn tail and run. But I stood, as Paul says, and when you've done all, you stand. I'm going to stand this thing out. I'm going to do what I can do to serve God to the best of my ability. And by the time this thing's over and done with, I will have won the gold. That's not all of the opinion of what Job had. If you'll go with me to verses 13 and 14, he says there, he is unique. Who can make him change? Let me just say this to you. Now, that may not make you happy. I said, let me tell you something, buddy. There's two things I've learned in doing this job. Change, you can count on change. And the only other thing that you can count on is death. Man, it, like a deer looking at the headlights, he just didn't know what to think. And I just kept walking. I didn't say no more. just kept moving. One thing you can count on in this world is change. And see, we get this mindset, this mentality that if that's what's working down here, they change this up, they change that up, this, that, and the other, but it's going to change. But what this old boy likes is this. And I'm hooked up with one by the name of Jesus who said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I change not. We can change our hairdo. We can change our clothes change automobiles, change our house. We can change, change, change. And life is nothing but one big revolving door, but in the face of all of that, I know that I'm hooked up with one that I can look to and say, that God that I serve, he's not going to change. He's not going to waver. He's not going to get weak meat. He's not going to play a jellyfish with me. He is going to be a God that will remain steadfast forevermore. 
Joe said that about him. Well, I don't particularly like what I'm going through. And that doesn't give me a whole lot of encouragement that he's not going to change. You've got to take the whole opinion, friend, verse 10 down to verse number 13. And he goes on to say in verse number 14, For he performs what is appointed for me. I love that. Is that your opinion? He performs what is appointed for me, and money such things are with him. I have to tell you, take the end of the verse before we get to that center part. God ain't talking. He just wants you to keep walking. What's it say? He says there that many such things are with him. It's all with him. It's all with him. But I like this. For he performs what is appointed for me. I love that. You know why I love it? Because everything that's going on in my life right now is not an accident. It's an appointment. It's an appointment. I got an appointment with a doctor in the month of March 2017. I got an appointment. I'm not going to go strolling in there and say, I'm here to see the doctor. And the first thing they'll say is, do you got an appointment? And I say, no, what they're going to say is, don't let the door hit you on the way out. I don't know what you're going through today, but it's not an accident. You've got to have that opinion. If you don't wrap yourself around that, you're going down for the count, and you're not going to get back up again. You say, boy, that's strong. Well, it is. See, your opinion matters. Your opinion is the thing that's going to keep you. If you do not have the opinion of God that what Job says, you're going to have a head-on collision with life. And I just love the fact that no matter what I'm going into tomorrow, whatever i got happening now, in all of this, God said, he's keeping his appointment. He's just keeping his appointment. You know, he considers it. Aren't you proud of Rodney? The old boy's still keeping his He's not turned tail and running. He's just keeping on moving. He's keeping every appointment going down the line. Why? Because it's not an accident that I'm here. It's not an accident that you're here. The steps of a righteous man and woman tell me, church, what? You got it! It's an appointment. But there are things in our lives that challenge us. I don't really want to do this. And God just kicks us in the knees and says, move those knees, move those legs. Okay, you got an appointment. But there's nothing when things are critical within our lives. There's nothing quite like the church. You hear what I'm saying? Things like this, to be able to be in connection with somebody and say, I'm going with you in that appointment. I'll sit with you. Probably one of the greatest privileges I had was not so much the preaching of the gospel, but it was sitting in that waiting room with people in the church. And in their greatest time of need, being able to say, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm praying for you. I don't know where you're at today, but God does. And what you're going through is not an accident. Man, that gets me excited to know that next Saturday, a month from now, whatever I'm walking into, my God says, that's your appointment. 
It's not an accident. It's not a mistake. You're here for the reason. It's God's appointed time. And as I was putting this message together, the Lord spoke into my heart. And he said, tell my people this. There's more of my opinion throughout that whole book of the Bible. He says, tell them to get a hold and study what my opinions are. And it'll be meat for their soul and strength for their journey. And they'll find comfort in the midst of their darkest hour. Because my opinion, because he's not one that changes that Supreme Court, you might as well. Pastor Steve was right. Abraham Lincoln said it back in the 1800s. He said, the day will come in America that the Supreme Court will be the ruling factor of the branches of the government. And those guys will just, they will turn their opinions like a rotisserie chicken out of Sam's Club. And you stand back and you say, God, what's this all about? God said, it's not an accident. It's an appointment. It's just meet it, do it, go through it. And if you will get into that word, you will discover and realize he has many other opinions that he wants to give you that will give you strength and power to overcome. Father God, as we come to the close of this message today, I'm reminded of what the word of Revelation says to the seven churches. To him that overcomes. God, I pray that at Lighthouse Assembly of God, we will see something that will so energize us and challenge us as you begin to raise up men and women to be overcomers for the kingdom of God. I know, God, that there are those that are seated right in this service today. They needed to hear this word, not because of this man. Nothing about me. Without you, I can do nothing. But they needed to hear this word because the enemy's beaten up on them. And I pray, God, that they won't look to no other opinion but to the opinion that Job held of you, Almighty God. Because we know that you know where we are and what we're going through. And God, raise up men and women mighty in faith for the glory and honor of Jesus Christ. And the church said, God bless you.